In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Uh, last night I may mention that uh, St. Agatha, who we celebrate today, was also St. Inez. Uh, it's actually St. Uh, Agnes that sent Inez. So if you thought we we're celebrating St. Inez, that's later, not today. So I got too excited which is a problem for me. Um, so we come to the publican and the Pharisee. Uh, we hear these words in the uh, hymnity and matins. Open unto me, O giver of life, the gates, the gates of repentance. A gateway to truly change. A gateway to see better the condition of our souls. A gateway to be better. There are beautiful five themes that we begin with before we enter Lent. The church has a beautiful way of allowing these themes to examine the condition of our souls. Uh, last week was desire, the Canaanite woman. Do we desire Christ in the kingdom? Today, it's the publican and the Pharisee. Do we live a life of repentance and humility, or are we judging and looking out at other people all the time? Next week, it's the prodigal son. We look at the soul as, as it drifts away from God. Are we desiring to come back to God? And then judgment, the last judgment, uh, God loves us. And do we respond to that love by loving our neighbor? And then finally, forgiveness. Do we forgive others that have offended us? And do we ask forgiveness of those that have, uh, that have, that have offended us? And do we give forgiveness? when it's asked of us. So these themes are themes there to kind of examine the soul more deeply, uh, more specifically. So today we look at the theme, uh, the, publican, the, the publican and the Pharisee. Um, we see the Pharisee, he fasts, he ties, he goes to church, he prays, but it's polluted by boasting and arrogance and judgment. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, says the Lord. He who humbles himself will be exalted. I remember Father John Braun gave a homily on this. Uh, says, so you have a choice. Humble yourself or let God humble you. What do you want? Humble yourself or let God humble you. Because it's going to happen. You, we, ha we humble ourselves, walk humbly, and then we get the blessing, or we wait for God to humble us. So I've had the experience on the wrong side of that most of the time. But this is important to us to understand. The publican comes with a broken and a contrite heart. He stood afar off, not able to raise his high eyes to heaven, beats his breast, and prays, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And this man, the Lord says, went the way justified. So let us look at the Pharisee and the publican and maybe we can examine ourselves, our souls a little more deeply. So the Pharisee, we look at him, he prayed, he fasted, he gave alms, he went to church. This is good, these are good things. But the important thing to understand, I just want to make an aside here, the spiritual life is about two things. Drawing near to God and dwelling with God. We can get into doing all kinds of stuff. 
praying, fasting, giving alms, going to church. If that's not the aim, all those are things we do. They should be means to an end, to draw near to God and dwell in union with God. That is the spiritual life. Everything you do, think, and say that helps you draw near to God and dwell in union with Him, you should continue to do. Those things that inhibit you from dwelling with God and drawing to God, drawing near to God, you should either modify or get rid of. Pretty serious. It should be serious. Okay? This is the spiritual life. We know it. To be with God, to, for, for me to be with God and dwell with God and to draw near to God is what I should be ex preoccupied with, occupied with all the time. I should get up with it. I should live my day with it. I should go to bed with it. This is the spiritual life. So all these things we do should have that as an end. Okay, and he prays thus with himself. That's an amazing statement. He prays with himself. Now, and I kind of chuckled at that. I said, that's kind of interesting, but I've prayed with myself before. Have you ever been in prayer and all of a sudden in the middle of your prayers, you're thinking about what you're going to do the next, the, that, 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 that morning? Or you're deciding what you're going to have for lunch? What is this? I'm standing before the Almighty God at his throne, before the Mother of God and all the angels and the saints, and I'm thinking about what I'm going to have for lunch? I'm praying with myself. Okay, that's, that is an issue. Okay, how do we get past that? We repent right away, Lord, forgive me, and we get right back into it. Don't beat yourself up about that because it happens. It's going to happen. It's going to happen next week. It's going to happen maybe tonight. It's going to happen. Just say, For, forgive me, Lord, I've lost attentiveness, and bring yourself back to the next words. That's a very powerful way to look at things. So I encourage you to do that. And then he says, uh, I fast, I tithe, I'm not like other men, boasting shamelessly with, his, with shameless exaltation. Uh, Proverbs says, uh, let your neighbor praise you, not your own mouth. Let your neighbor, let somebody else say good things about you. Don't say good things about yourself. You don't need to do that. Prideful and vainglorious. When we're prideful and vainglorious about the things we do and accomplish, we lose our reward. This is from um, St. Uh, Gregory Palamas. The house of virtue is toppled built on the walls of pride and arrogance. You know, we, can, we get so caught up in who we are and how good we are, and we lose this idea that we need to be completely understanding of our dependence on God and our complete uh, the efforts we make, the gifts we've been given, the things we do are gifts that can be given to us by God, grateful to Him, the things we're able to do, we are related to do by the, by the grace and mercy of God, so we thank Him. So the goal here is not to kind of fall into um, self-exaltation and pride about what you do. It's to thank God all the time for what he's given you, the gifts he's given you, and for the, uh, the ability to do good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
people come up to you and give you a compliment, thank them for their kindness. You know, it's important to understand how, how that kind of prideful spirit can get into us when we start kind of allowing compliments to build us up, when they should increase our gratitude toward God. That's what they should do. Any accomplishment should be, thank you, Lord. So that virtue of gratitude is very powerful. I've talked many times about that, and I encourage people to kind of build that up in your life, to be grateful, be grateful for all things. The Pharisee also was caught in judgment. He says, I tithe, I fast, but I, I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even that tax collector, pointing his finger. Now remember, my, my uh, mother-in-law said, you know what happens when you point your finger? You know how many fingers are pointing back at you? You got one finger there and you got three back at you, right? So don't judge. I'm, I'm pointing there, whoa, 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 I've got three judgments to one. So it's very important to understand this is really something that I'm kind of struggling with in my own life and I, I, I work hard to do it. But in, in Revelation, the Lord says, I made you kings and priests. That's you. Queens, kings, and priests. That's who you are. You're to take care of as a king and a queen the life you've been given and the people in that life. You're to rule over them in a holy way. And then you're to be an intercessor. You're a priest. You, you need to pray for the world. God has given you the ability to be a rule over what he's given you and to pray for other people. That's your goal, not to judge them. You know, it's such a hard thing. We kind of get into this, this thing where we do. We look at things and we look at them so critically. But, you know, God does give us an, an eye to discern, to see things that need to be dealt with better okay, in people's lives and in the, in the world. We need to pray for them, like immediately. Not judge them. Be, be people of prayer. And if we, and we do judge, we should just repent and then pray. But I think it's very, very important to understand how important it is to pray for people that you uh, understand need some prayer, for things in this world that need prayer, not to judge them. What happens when we judge others, when we look at other people's sins? We're blinded to our own. We can't see our own sins. We're looking out at other people. We, I'm glad I'm not like that other man. The Pharisee was looking at the other man's sin and could not see anything in himself. So we have to be careful of that piece that, that it kind of takes away our ability to look deeply into our own souls. Um, St. Cyril says, moderate yourself. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth, a protecting door about my lips. So what I think St. Cyril is saying is pay attention to what comes before you in the day, in, the, in your life. Pay attention to it. At, respond to everything in a holy way. Everything. Everything comes to you. God lays out your salvation every day. Everything there is for you to act virtuously. Everything. Every activity, every, every person you meet, everything you do, 
is there so you respond to it virtuously. So that's our goal, to understand that that's how we should be paying attention to our day and our life. So the publican. Uh, two men went up to the temple to pray. First, he stands afar off. So this is always interesting. He comes in, he can't get past the front door. He's in the back. You know, I'm thinking, you know, we kind of sometimes, we, I do this, we kind of walk into the church and casually come in and not aware that we're walking into heaven. Especially when the liturgy's here. You're, the, the saints are praying. The Lord's at the throne. The cherubim and the seraphim are surrounding the throne right now. The angels sing. We join them. We join them. That's what you do when you walk in the door. You join heaven. Heaven's worship. And so we should come in a little bit uh, less casually. I'll say it to myself. I should come in a little less casually, understanding that I'm leaving the world. Letting the, I'm letting the world go. The narthex is for that. To let the world go so you come into heaven. You're coming to heaven. So we should come in carefully, more carefully, more uh, aware of what is here, what's happening here, not just what we see, but what's beyond our, our sight. So, and then he's not able to raise his eyes to heaven, unable, not feeling deserving to, to see or touch the glories of God. So he bows. But guess what he gets? He gets to see it in his soul. You know, we have to look down to see up. You have to look down to see up. You have to humble yourself to see the glory of God. You don't see it just by kind of gazing at it, okay? You must humble yourself to see it. That's what he did. He came in and bowed. Bowed to God, Lord have mercy on me. And so the gates of heaven opened to him. So may we do that. May we understand that. St. Gregory Palamas says this, beautiful. Uh, humility is the chariot by which we ascend to God. Humility is the chariot by which we ascend to God. You want to take, take a chariot to God? Humble yourself. Very powerful. And then he beats his breast, confessing with deep repentance, trusting in the goodness and tenderness of God. Here's some, another quote from St. Gregory. This is very beautiful. One is spiritually courageous who managed to take refuge in repentance when caught in the snares of the enemy and fallen into the nets of sin. You have to be spiritually courageous to take refuge, refuge in repentance. That's powerful. There's refuge in repentance. When you are struggling with a sin and you repent, there's refuge there. There's forgiveness there. There's God's mercy there. There's God's grace there. So I, my encouragement to you, as we heard yesterday at this beautiful talk by Father James Coles, 
Um, you need to come to a confession. Do you confess enough? I'll ask the question. And everybody's going to say, no, I don't. So what should you do? Come more, right? Maybe do a pre-Lenten confession, a Lenten confession, a post-Lenten confession. But this idea that we're always looking and examining ourselves is very, very important to us. So my encouragement to you is to take refuge in repentance. It's refuge. We, get, we beat ourselves up by our wrong deeds, our wrong thoughts, our wrong words, our wrong deeds. We beat ourselves up. There's refuge for you, beloved. Where is it? In repentance. When you're caught in the snares of the enemy, in the difficulties of life, repent, because that's refuge for you. Wow. So, in conclusion, let us flee Phariseeism with its shameless self-exaltation and judgment of others. Let's flee that. And cling to the contrition and humility of the publican. May we repair well as we journey to Holy Lent. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.